I'm going to continue this week to talk about Lady Luck. Well, I'm not going to say much about her versus God's guaranteed blessing. But it struck me, and I shared a little bit last week about it, that I think even some of those who are believers in Jesus Christ, so-called God's people, and you are God's people, have this idea that the way your life turns out depends on luck. You need lady luck in your corner. And, and you know, this is a big business. I saw these ads on the internet. Somebody wrote, plagued by bad luck. Do you need a little help with luck? Serious, authentic, lucky charms, spells, mojo bags. I don't even know what that is. Lucky voodoo dolls and more. And another ad offered an amazing 200-year-old good luck coin that's legendary for changing lives. And I have the feeling that there's a lot of hits on those websites. People go for that. Well, I, I tell you, I, it, it prompted me as I heard people talking about their lucky streaks or lack thereof, that I need to, to spend some time talking about something that the Lord showed me now a number of years ago, the covenant of blessing. We are blessed. You live in a covenant of blessing, not luck. And in our last teaching installment, I talked about that the blessing is even greater than a miracle. Now, miracles are great, especially when you're in trouble, when you're in a crisis. But a miracle always presupposes, the need for a miracle, I should say, presupposes that we are in a crisis. So maybe we are in a spiritual crisis. I say, I need a spiritual miracle. Maybe we are in a physical crisis in our body. We say, I need a healing miracle. So a miracle need presupposes a crisis. And God is a good God. Even when we don't deserve it, God is a miracle-working God. And sometimes, of course, crises happen that have nothing to do with anything we did. And God is a good God. But we talked about that. Then we said that the blessing is God's original plan. In the Garden of Eden, God didn't say to Adam and Eve, I'm going to give you a lot of miracles, even though the scripture is full of example of God working miracles for his people. But he said, I'm going to bless you. That word bless, bless, blessing is repeated again and again. And then we talked about how God's blessing is words of favor over you. God has spoken words of faith and favor over you. Then we spent some time focusing on that story in Genesis 27 about Rebecca and Jacob and, and Esau and Isaac and an interesting story. And we drew from that several lessons, but one of them is that the blessing of God cannot be manipulated. And of course, when we look at those stories there, they are to enhance our understanding. Not, those stories mean nothing if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, but they under, enhance our understanding of the blessing of Jesus Christ provided for you. It doesn't need to be negotiated. It cannot be manipulated. It stands forever. Now, the one person in the New Testament that is our, you could say, our grandfather of an example of a blessed person is Abraham. Now, of course, Jesus is the number one blessed person, but Abraham, other than that, is the one person that is pointed to again and again, especially by the Apostle Paul, but also other times, about a blessed person. So let's read a little bit about Abraham's story and comment as we go. I just pick it up, a couple of verses in Genesis chapter 11. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. 
And of course, they changed the names later to Abraham and Sarah. Well, at this time, it was Sarai. So Sarai was unable to conceive. She didn't have a child. Now, in our culture today, many people choose to not have children. They choose to adopt, become a great blessing that way. Others, for various reasons, may choose to not have a child. Others have children. So in our context, that's not really a big deal. But in the context of the culture, the Middle Eastern culture, Abraham and Sarai, that was definitely the very opposite of a blessing. And so then we jump into the story a few verses later in Genesis 12. God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. Why would that happen? Because God was going to use one nation to bring blessing to the whole world. Then he says, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Again, God is speaking words of favor. Now, don't get hung up on the word curse there. The curse in Hebrew means to wither. It means those who bless what God blesses, they flourish. Those who curse who minimize, who pull down what God has blessed, they will be minimized themselves. And so just notice a few phrases out of the scripture. Blessed to be a blessing. Sometimes, you know, we forget that second part. I just want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Blessed to be a blessing. And I say to every one of you who are friends of World Impact Ministries, and as this message also goes to our church family, in Toronto, I, I said, that is what's giving us fuel in our tank. That's what we are running with. That's what you see in the reports from around the world, the reports from Canada. We have a, a, a profoundly embraced that we are blessed. If we, if we weren't blessed ourselves, how could we bless others? But we are blessed to be a blessing. We are channels for the blessing that God has given to us. Now, then we learn something else here. Abraham's blessing is in Christ, not in ethnicity. Now, you know, I've taught on this many times, but Galatians chapter 3, if you question what I just said there, read the book of Galatians chapter 3, the whole chapter in its entirety, and it will tell you that the blessing of Abraham is not in an ethnicity. Now, we love our Jewish people, but Jewish people are no more blessed than you are. No, all of us have the same blessing. Some Arab people would say we are blessed through Abraham. Well, their blessing is also in Jesus Christ. And so we, we don't need to think today, yes, God chose the Jewish people. Salvation is of the Jews. God had to send his son. God had to send the savior of the world, the Messiah, through some lineage. And, and, and we bless that. We honor the Jewish people. You know, we take trips to Israel. We go there. We rejoice. We are happy to support what they're doing. But we don't for a moment think that the Jewish people are the A team and the rest of the world is the B team. Because that would be a, to contradict the gospel. Galatians 3 is so very certain, and I've taught about it many times. I'm merely mentioning it here, that... The blessing is in Christ, and all those who are in Christ are blessed. If, if you are in Christ, then you are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, then Abraham's blessing is not given to you because of your ethnicity. 
It's given to you because of Christ. Then we learned in that passage that the blessing is for all the families of the earth. The ultimate here was that the whole world would be blessed. And that is the flow of what we are in. We don't see this limited. We don't see us four and no more. Or just our church, our ministry, us, what we're doing. And God is blessing that. And we have so many beautiful partners all across this Canada, nation of Canada. And, and some also in other parts of the world. But we see that the, the reason we are blessing this is because it's, it's for the whole earth. All the families of the earth. Whatever ethnicity. So the, the, these words have spoken over Abraham. So look what happens then, just a few verses later. He says, when, when Abraham, he was approaching Egypt, he said, picture this in your mind. He said to his wife, Sarah, I know that you're a beautiful woman. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. And they'll kill me, Abraham says. But they will let you live. Please say that you're my sister so that it may go well for me because of you and that I may live on account of you. Of course, Sarai in the New Testament metaphor is a picture of God's grace. So he says that it may go well with me because of you. And, and if I had time to go into all that, I would say it goes well with you because of God's grace. If you want things to go well with you, uh, Sarah is a picture of God's grace. It went well for Abraham because of God's grace through Sarah. And so, but picture this conversation that Abraham has with Sarah. He says, you are so beautiful. It's like he's saying, you're actually too beautiful. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know and, and, and it, it could be dangerous for me that you're so beautiful. Because Pharaoh, when he hears you're coming and he hears this beautiful, gorgeous woman is coming into Egypt, he's going to want her at, in his harem. And he, he's thinking, he can't get you unless he kills me first. Then you would be a widow, Sarah. And then Pharaoh could lay claim to you as a widow. Uh, so, so, so he does some dirty, rotten thing here. This is the man who God has spoken blessing over. Blessing has been pronounced. And he says, just tell them you're my sister. He's saving his own skin. Now, at that point, I say, Abram, I feel like punching you. That's a rotten thing to set your wife up. He's the, let's, be, let's just speak plainly here. He's basically saying, it's all right if you go and be a part of Pharaoh's harem and he'll have sexual relationship with you even though you're my wife. I kind of give you away that way. As long as I save my skin. That is a dirty, rotten thing. And you say, well, how could God's chosen patriarch do this? Well, I guess you have to ask in heaven, you know. But, but the story unfolds is that just like that, Pharaoh took her to his harem and she was being prepared you know, she didn't have sexual relationship with Pharaoh at that point. She was being prepared for that. And then there was a plague, and they interpreted it was that if something has gone wrong. And, and they realized, oh, it's actually Abraham's wife. So what happens there is God protects that dirty, rotten scoundrel Abraham. He protects him. What's at work here? God's grace, God's favor. Now, please don't emulate Abraham. Don't do stupid, scoundrel things like Abraham, but you walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. But I'm merely proving that when Abraham leaves Egypt, 
He believed God. That's the one thing the Bible tells us. Why did things go well? He believed God. Even when he did stupid things, he didn't stay stupid. He believed God. And it says in Genesis 13 too, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. So when he leaves this scenario, he's blessed by God's grace. Now, the cattle, the herds, the livestock, the silver, the gold, they are not the blessing. So, so let me say that again. People say, oh, you're saying that money and riches and wealth is a blessing. No, no, that's not the blessing. The blessing is Christ. But they were the manifestation of God's blessing. And so if we learn something in the very first little story that after the words of blessing had been spoken is that the blessings are by God's grace. And uh, I say like this, believe God's word of blessing more and more, and you receive more and more. That's very different, you know, from the law. The law said if you're guilty in one, you're guilty in everything. But under God's grace, it's the more you will believe God, the more you will receive. It could, for example, be that you have said, I believe that Jesus Christ took my sins. I believe He's my Savior. That's as far as your faith has gone, and you embrace that, you take that, and you receive peace. You receive new life. You know that whatever happens, I'm all right. I, I have eternal life through Jesus. And you can stop that. But if then you start to believe, you know, when I read the Scripture, God could heal me. He healed ordinary people in the Scripture. Jesus healed all those who came to Him, and it might come to you. I'm going to believe God more. I'm going to stretch beyond this beautiful peace I have received, and I'm going to believe God to heal my body. As you step into that, you may receive more. Healing becomes a part of uh, your portion. Then you might say, well, I, I know that God has forgiven my sins. I, I, I know that Jesus Christ is my healer, but I, I don't think, uh, you know, that's kind of as far as it goes, and I'm happy with that. I have everything I need. But you see, then you might say, what about all these examples of how God gave wisdom, financial areas? Could that be something? And then you start to believe God in that area, and you receive more. So, so with all that, let, let's read more about Abraham. Genesis 13, 14 says, The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot, I'll get back to Lot in a moment, had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever, and I'll make your descendants as the dust of the earth. See, I would submit up to that point, Abraham had only experienced partial the blessing, partial obedience. You know, God had told him, you're supposed to leave your kindred and your family and just step out, believing in me. But he hadn't left. First, he didn't leave his dad, and then his dad passed away, and then there was Lot, his nephew. He didn't leave, leave Lot. You know, the word Lot... In the, in the Hebrew language, means a veil. In other words, you have a veil over your face, much as you see some uh, ladies in the, in the Islamic world have a veil. Well, lot means veil. So you don't see clearly. It, it, things are obscure. And so <laughs> if I go into a little symbolism here, lot was what obscured Abraham's vision. He couldn't see clearly. But once he left Lot, the veil was gone. 
And, and Abraham's faith is demonstrated here in his willingness to give the land, the more desirable land, to Lot. Because Lot says, I want, to, I want the best of the land for my, for my sheep and for my, for my staff. And, it, and, and the Bible says that that part that Lot chose for himself, it was as lush as the Garden of Eden. But see, Abraham, he exhibited faith saying, you can take the best part, but God is my source. God's words of favor are spoken about me. So when he lets go of Lot, that which hinders him, his nephew, He's cooperating with God's blessings, and he received more. Again, under the law of Moses, if you're guilty in one, you're guilty in all. But under the grace of God, as you walk step by step, you believe more and more, you receive more and more. So I want to encourage you today, take steps. Show love where you have been despised. Show generosity where you have faced stinginess. You know, extend a hand of welcome where the door has been slammed in your face. Love your enemies. Bless those who despitefully use you. Take a step of faith. You see, the blessing of God is the same for every person. No respect of person, but some see it and some don't. Some just go through life as if they have a veil over their head. They, they don't see it. They don't see it. They say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what this blessing thing is you're talking about. I hope that I'm helping you to open your eyes and see it. See, God's blessing also produces generosity. There's a story there again. We're back into Genesis because Abraham is our key example in the New Testament of, of, of the blessing of God. There was a battle of four kings fighting five kings. And uh, it talks about how the lesser group prevailed against the greater. And... Uh, the blessing of God was on Abraham and he, he had 318 trained servants and, and, and they pursued and, and it, what had happened here, Lot, after he had left, he kind of got in trouble and, and greedy people get in trouble. You know, he was just grabbing, grabbing, give me, give me, give me. He, he had no generosity of faith, so he got in trouble. But still, uh, Abraham was good to him, so he went and rescued him from these foreign kings. And at that point, really, Abraham was the determining factor in the victory. So he could have kept all the spoils of war, including all the captives. There was no Geneva Convention in those days of what you could do in, in war. He could have kept them all because God had given the victory to, to Abraham. But Abraham instead was celebrating a shadowing of Jesus Christ called Melchizedek. And then we read this, and I'm not going to read that part, but I'm going to read this part. Genesis 14, 21. Then, it's after this victory, the king of Sodom, because the king of Sodom had fought on the same side as Abraham, he said to Abraham, give me the persons and take all the goods for yourself. But Abraham said, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high. It means he said, I, I made a pledge. He's not raising his hand as he was singing a song, but he's, he's saying, I, I made a pledge to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Oh, that is quite a statement of faith. He's saying, I, I'm not going to put myself in a position where somebody else will be able to brag and say, I made Abraham rich. No, 
Remember our key scripture verse, Proverbs 10, that the blessing of God makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Abraham was in fact practicing that. He says, I'm going to walk in the blessing of God. It's not because I had some connection here or because I had a certain family I came from or because I just had the right pedigree or the right background. No, my source is the blessing of God. (laughs) And, And God makes me rich. You know, I had to think of a New Testament scripture to kind of illustrate that. And the one that came to me was Romans 8, 31, uh, where, where Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? <laughs> so here, of course, Everything we say about Abraham is a picture of the blessing of Jesus. God's blessing has been given through Jesus. And Paul says, when I think about how God gave his only son, he gave heaven's best. He gave everything, took our sin, guilt, and shame. And he says, how shall he not freely also give us all things? You know, it makes me think of, imagine if you're a lady and your prospective husband comes to you with a, beautiful ring it's in a nice box and and you know as you've seen maybe in the movies or maybe in real life he opens up or he opens it up so that you can see the ring he kneels down in front of you and you have this beautiful diamond ring let's say it's a single character just beautiful set in a cluster of of, of diamond chips around a beautiful ring whatever is your favorite and you're overwhelmed you cry a little bit and then he says, will you marry me? And then, of course, not because of the ring, but because of the person, you say, yes. And then as you put the ring on the finger, you turn to your future husband and says, can I keep the box? Is it all right if I keep the box? Your husband, your future husband would say, what's with you? The, the, the ring cost a thousand times more than the box. Of course, if I give you the diamond ring, I'll give you the box. That's what Paul is saying. If God gave us the diamond, he gave us Jesus Christ. Will he not also give us everything with him? Oh, rejoice at that. Think about that. Just say, thank you, Jesus, where you are right now. He gave you Jesus. So you think, what about, could God heal me as well? Could he help me? Could he give me wisdom? Could he help me in my career? Could he help me in my education? Is, is that too much for ask? Is it too much to ask for the box? Could God do that too? He gave you Jesus. How shall he not freely give you all things? Well, I got to just, uh, there's so much about Abraham. And I, you know, I preached from many stories that I didn't touch on today about Abraham. But I got to get to Galatians chapter 3. Because that kind of, if you don't, put that in there. You didn't do a good job of teaching Abraham for us. Otherwise, he's just a historical figure from thousands of years ago. There it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law, by the way, was the human inability to do what we intended to do, to do right like we intended to. In that it says, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Notice here again, it's not an ethnicity thing. 
It's not just the Jews, but it's the Gentiles. You're getting the blessing of Abraham. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, the reason the Bible makes such a big deal about Abraham is because he was so blessed. Blessed in spite of himself. He did a lot of good things, but he did some not so good things. And, and God's grace hovered over him. And he received blessing. And I, I'm just stirring in you an appetite to know more about God's blessing. You know, people, they hear about some lucky charm and they, lady luck, something, they, they, they think, oh, maybe that's what's going to help me. No, you can walk in. First of all, know it, enjoy it, and walk in God's blessing. I say, cooperate with God's blessing. All things are yours. So when we talk about reading your Bible, which is a good thing, when we talk about being a part of church, when we talk about giving to God, I'm so grateful for all of our partners across Canada that I know in the local church, Pastor Nathan being the lead pastor and, and myself as well, we're grateful for the people who are making it financially possible, but I'm so grateful for people across the country. If you didn't believe in the gospel like we do uh, and like Jesus does, well, then we couldn't do the great things we're doing. But all those things, the reading our Bible, going to church, giving money, prayer, these things, hear me, do not add to the blessing. It doesn't make the blessing bigger. The blessing in every area of life is already completed from God through Jesus Christ for you. But what those things, you, you're finding out from the Holy Scripture, more about God. You, you, you worship with God's people in a church. And like, like my Pastor Nathan, he's going to be here in a moment, is with you speaking. And, and you give offerings. Some of you are responding to give offerings and you pray. That is merely exercising the covenant of God's blessing. You've heard me say, you can have a gold mine in your backyard. And, and just because you don't dig the gold doesn't make the gold disappear. The gold is there whether you dig or not. So I say, for God's sake, dig. Dig into the gold mine you have because it's there. You can just ignore it and say, all I ever want is just to go to heaven when I die. I don't expect anything more. I just want, you, you think you sound so humble. saying, oh, I just don't expect anything more than that. That's it for me. Well, that is certainly wonderful. But the gold mine, the reservoir of wisdom, health, life, gifts of the Spirit, all those things, too numerous to mention, it's there. And I'll say, dig your gold mine, receive it, appropriate it for yourself in Jesus' name.